Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. We continue today with our study of the second book of Kings, that is Malachim <coughs> Beis. We are at Tuperek Chaf, which is chapter 20. We are up to verse 12, about to complete chapter 20. And we learn today, we read today of the tragic way which the end of the otherwise incredible career of Chizkiyahu, King Hezekiah, came to an unfortunate, sad end, where a leader that upon whom so much promise was placed ended up in failure. Uh, and we're about to read about that today. We studied the same story together when we studied chapter uh, 39 of the book of Isaiah. So today we're going to read of the same story from the perspective of the book of Kings, and one day together, for those that stick around with this podcast, we'll study together the same story from the perspective of the book of Chronicles, which we will get to together hopefully soon, God willing. Verse 12 begins as follows. Uh, but actually, before I read the verse, let me just remind you that at this point, the armies of Sancherev have suffered a tremendous defeat through a miraculous intervention by God. Thousands of their soldiers <coughs> had died. <coughs> and then <coughs> Chizkiyahu Hezekiah became very ill. He prayed to God and God, and God uh, healed his illness. So here we have a King Chizkiyahu who has just overcome a tremendous personal challenge, the challenge of his illness, and national challenge, which was the siege of Jerusalem. The kingdom was at the verge of complete collapse, almost about to follow the path that its northern brethren, the kingdom of Israel, had followed. But it was saved. So now you have King Chizkiyahu. I wouldn't exactly say that he was in a super strong position because the kingdom of Assyria was still threatening. The um, countryside had been devastated. The other major cities besides Jerusalem, most notably Lachish, had been completely and utterly devastated. But... They were saved, and they could now rebuild. And as we know from historical sources and biblical sources, rebuilding did occur. And um, the uh, people of Judah uh, bounced back and were able to, in a, to a large degree at least, uh, rebuild to, you know, the, the strength of the kingdom. So here we are at the precipice of that moment. And on the geopolitical scene, there was the kingdom of Assyria, which had suffered this great defeat which we had just read about. And their chief rivals was the kingdom of Babylon, which eventually, right at this point, we don't know this yet, but with, a, with our glasses, with our hindsight glasses, we know that Babylon is soon going to overtake the kingdom of Assyria, and eventually the kingdom of Babylon is going to attack Israel as well, and eventually going to destroy Judah. But this is something in the future. So the kingdom of Babylon is now you know, feeling things out, trying to see who their allies are, who their enemies are, who they can conquer, who they need to be worried about. And uh, they hear about this King Hezekiah and what he just did <coughs> in Judah. So, and that, so, so in the guise of a, of a, uh, of a delegation to congratulate him on overcoming his illness, they send a, basically a delegation to see what the deal is. How strong is this Hezekiah? How strong is this Judah? What do we need to be concerned about? So, Boesehi in this time, Sholach Birodach Baladon Ben Baladon Melech Bavel. 
the, the Berodach, King Berodach, Baladon, who was the son of Baladon, who was the king of Babylon, sent books, you know, presumably the, the letter gave him a congratulations on his victory and on his healing and so on. Umincha had an offering, a gift, El Chizkiyahu to Hezekiah. Kishama, because he had heard Kicholah Chizkiyahu had gotten ill. Vayishma'alem Chizkiyahu, and Chizkiyahu heard about their arrival. And when they came, he gave them a grand, uh, a grand uh, reception. Chizkiyahu had two choices here. He could have taken this as a, as a, um, uh, personal congratulations, you know, and think of himself as, well, see how important I am and how great I am. Now look, the world powers are coming to talk to me. Or he could have humbly used this as an opportunity to teach the lessons that it was his faithfulness to God, that it was his faithfulness to justice and kindness, that it was his faithfulness to to um, the worship of a monotheistic deity who demands moral and ethical behavior from us. He could have used this opportunity to tell the kingdom of Babylon, "Thank you so much for your, for your, um, for your congratulations." But it is not me. I do, it's not me that's the powerful one who won. It is God that is the powerful one, and I am just his mere servant. Kiskyo could have taken one of those paths, and we're about to find, unfortunately, which paths he takes. He showed him by our aim, and he showed this delegation as called base Nichoso, all of his house of treasures as Aikesaf, the silver Vyasazov, and the gold Vyasabasamim, and the spices Vyasheminatov, and the good oil Vyasbase Kelov, and the house where he stored all of his vessels Vyaskolashar Nimsab Yotrosov, and all of the things that were found in his storehouses. Lo Hayadovar Asher Loher Am Chiskiyahu, that Chiskiyahu did not show them Beveso in his house. And all of his kingdom. Everything was about him. Not his house. His kingdom. His treasure's house. His house where he stored his kalim. Beis Nechoso. His uh, treasure house. Everything was about him. The primary lesson here. Chizkiyo had not learned. Sadly, sadly had not learned. And the consequences of this we're about to find out. As we always find. We often find that a when the prophet comes to rebuke someone the prophet usually gives that person a chance to um to to realize his mistake and repent we find that uh, notably by Samuel and Saul which we studied together in the book of judges where Saul had sinned uh, and not fulfilled his his mission uh, in his war against the Amalekites Samuel comes to Saul and says what you know what is all this noise and Saul covers up. He, instead of fessing up and recognizing his mistake right away, and you can go back to those podcasts to study it, and then Samuel criticizes him, and then Saul goes ahead and finally tries to repent, but at that point it's too late. So he, but here we're about to hear Isaiah give Chizkiyahu a chance to recognize his mistake again. This is a pattern we find repeatedly <coughs> among the prophets. Vayavu Yishayahu Hanavi Isaiah the prophet came on Halamel Chizkiyahu to the king Hezekiah Vayomrehelov <coughs> and he said to them, Ma amru What did these people say to you? Now he didn't say, What did this delegation from the king say to you? Or what did this, you know, these honorable visitors say to you? People. 
Yishayahu emphasized to him, what did these just, these were just ordinary people. Remember, you, Cheskiyahu, stand for something higher, stand for something godly, stand for something greater. These were just people. And where did they come from? In other words, right, they didn't come from the holy, the holy place of God. They didn't come from uh, from heaven. They Where did they come from? In other, he's trying to hint to him. These were just people coming from some random place. Babylon is no different or more special than any other place. And Chizkiyahu said, They came from a faraway place, from Babylon, emphasizing the fact, you see how much honor they did to me. They came from such a faraway place, and not just a faraway place, but they came from Babylon. So what did they see in your house? And here's where Chizkiyahu totally drops the ball. And Hezekiah says, They saw everything that is in my house. Again, my house. Not the house that God gave me. Not the house of God. Not the house of the people of Israel whom I may represent. But my house. There isn't a single thing that I didn't show them in my treasures. Now, Chizkiyot had just come out of a devastating war. <coughs> One would imagine that his storehouse was quite depleted after expenditures and, and the, the ravages of war. In the face of, of Babylon, this is kind of pathetic to think that the second greatest empire of the time comes to see Chizkiyot and he shows them everything that is in his house and it's quite... It's probably not exactly the greatest. Remember, Chizkiyot had to literally peel the gold off the, the the doors of the of of the of of the temple in order to pay tribute to try to keep the Assyrians away. There's there wasn't a lot left at this point in history. Chizkiyot's deluded mind. He was it was um, uh, you know, this is a lot of stuff. But what were the Babylonians really looking? They wanted to see what's the state of this kingdom of Judah. Do we need to fear them? Should we ally ourselves with them? Or are they going to be easy for us to conquer? And Chizkiyot, by showing them everything, one cringes to think, why did you show them everything? What a stupid um, uh, uh, political move is that? Now they see everything, which is really the reason why they came. Not to give you congratulations. They wanted to spy you out. Now they have all the information they need. And again, Chizkiyot mentions everything in my house, everything in my treasure houses. Isaiah, having given him enough chances to recognize his mistake, sees that Chizkiyot was on the wrong path, and he responds as follows. Vayomer Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Shema devar Adonai, listen, hear to the word of God. Now before I read Yishayahu's message to Chizkiyot, try to imagine the state of mind of Isaiah at this point in history. Isaiah had pinned the hopes of the redemption of the kingdom of Judah on this king Chizkiyahu. He had raised him. He had taught him from a child. He had prophesied about how Chizkiyahu was going to save the people. He led him through this terrible, terrible siege, which was up to this point the worst tragedy that the people of Judah had experienced in their entire history uh, as a kingdom. And and Ishayahu is hoping, and, and he led him through his illness, through his prayer. He taught Chizkiyahu about the concepts, what prayer is and what humility is. And here he sees that despite all of that, 
And despite the incredible redemption that God granted Chizkiyahu, not because Chizkiyahu had some mighty military victory to which he could somehow attribute to his own thing, but through an absolute <coughs> you know, a miracle through illness which swept over the camp, Chizkiyahu had nothing to do with that. Right? Chizkiyahu should by now, of all times, have learned the lesson of humility before God. And he didn't. At this point, Yeshayahu realizes that if this is what we are going to put our hopes in, in that a human being, that individual is going to overcome his arrogance and, and learn humility and stand before God and thus bring about the redemption of, of the people of Judah and ultimately of the entire world, then our hopes are misplaced. If that's the case, we're toast. Hine yomim ba'im, the days will be coming, he says, Isaiah. Everything that it is in your house will be carried away. Listen to his words carefully and the language of his words. It's extremely important. He says here, everything that is in your house, because you consider this your house and not God's house, you consider this your house and not the house of the people, it's all going to be gone. And all of those things that your forefathers have gathered until this place, Bavela, they're going to be carried away to where? To Babylon. Because those are the people who you kowtowed to, who you were so impressed with. There won't be a thing left behind, says God. And from your descendants that, that descend from you, they're going to take your descendants and they're going to end up being eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. And Chizkiyahu here just, just doubles down in his self-centeredness. And it, it's just so tragic to read. It's so painful to read. It, it's, it's hard to even say. Like, I don't want to say it because... Because here we have a king who we've been looking up to so much, and we've been, and, and we saw how how great he his potential was, just this incredible loss of potential is just painful to read, but I'll read it anyway because <coughs> it's there, because we need to experience this pain. Vayomer Chizkiyo Yishayo Hezekiah said to Isaiah, Tov Dvar Adonai the word of God that you have said is good. <coughs> In other words, I understand. So you'd think even now the Chizkiyo then must be um, uh, repentant. But no. And he said to, and he said to himself, is, is usually how this is understood. Why is he saying that the word of God is good? Because he's thinking to himself, because he told me that of my descendants, they will be taken to Babylon. But at least there will be peace. And, and MS and, and uh, truth, in this case, truth meaning uh, between him and Babylon, right? Truth meaning no fighting between the two of them in my days, in my kingdom. This is the ultimate corrupt politician who only thinks about, uh, you know, uh, just thinking an example of someone who's willing to do anything despite the fact that he or she knows that in 5, 10, 20, 30 years, the results of what they're doing is going to be a disaster. But as long as it means good for now, right, let's uh, use the example of, uh, you know, let, let's just uh, up our fossil fuel production so that everyone can have cheap gas and everyone will like me today. Even though that means that 10 years from now, the environmental degradation and the, uh, 
and the the, well, the, the loss of this resource will, will be gone, etc. Who knows what? Down the road, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we'll all be toast, right? But at least now, everyone will think it's popular, you know, in the local municipality. Let's build this building now and provide everyone jobs. And the fact that we won't be able to afford its upkeep 10 years from now, and some future politician will deal with it, that's his problem. So Chizkiyahu is saying the same thing. You know, all right, so generations later, Babylon will conquer me, but at least I'll have peace. And that was it. That was the end of the career of Chizkiyahu. But yes, and all the other details of Chizkiyahu's career and all of his military victories, Vashar Asa, and the things that he did, the pool, and the, the conduit, the, the tunnel, of water, right? Vayavea Tamaya Moira that he used, that he built to bring the water to the city. This is an incredible tunnel which can be seen till this day in the uh, city of David, um, uh, near the old city of Jerusalem. If you haven't been there, I highly recommend going through this tunnel through which the waters of the Gihon Spring were brought within the walls, and the pool that Chizkiyahu built uh, within the city walls so that they could withstand the siege. All of these things, Haloim Kisuvim Al Sefer they are all written in the book of the of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah. and then laid to rest with his forefathers, and Menashe, his son, <coughs> became king in his stead. <coughs> so this then is the um the story of Chizkiyahu from the second perspective we're studying it together in this podcast, the incredible accomplishments and achievements of Chizkiyahu had, the fact that Chizkiyahu saved Yehuda from the fate of the northern kingdom, because of his faithfulness to God, he was able to, to be the leader at the time of this great, great salvation, so that Yehuda, Judah did not suffer the same fate as their brethren in Israel. How Chizkiyahu, we, we discussed how they absorbed thousands of refugees from the northern kingdom almost were destroyed and then God saw, no, there's some hope for Judah. But then at the end, they ended up falling because of Chizkiyahu's inability to accept complete humility before God. This was the tragic, incredibly triumphant, but also incredibly tragic career of Chizkiyahu. Thank you so much for studying this together with me. Looking forward to studying chapter 21 and of course the rest of this book of Kings together.